0: Framing culture. I am now in Studen at the Abel Contemporary Gallery. Hello, good morning.
1: Hi, Jose. I'm Teresa Abel, and thanks for coming.
0: This contemporary gallery, it's a large, beautiful building in which Teresa has a commercial space and also a project room upstairs with many other activities.
1: Yes, the gallery is housed in a warehouse that was built in the late 1800s. It was a tobacco warehouse. The gallery takes up 8,000 square feet in this building. We host three concurrent exhibits that change about every seven or eight weeks. We always host a featured artist, uh, a group show, and then in our project space, which is called gallery number five, we invite an artist to do something that might be outside of what we normally think of in a commercial gallery. It might be an installation, a video piece, it could be performance, anything. It's just an opportunity for more evocative works.
0: As we walk around the space, I can notice that you have a lot of artwork displayed from sculpture, to drawing, painting, to ceramics, to jewelry. So you actually represent many, many artists across the country.
1: We represent just under 100 artists from across the United States in all media. My husband is a woodworker and a metalsmith, Tim O'Neill, and before we bought the gallery and took over 20 years ago, he was a working full-time studio artist in fine craft and exhibiting across the United States. I'm a painter, and it was always important for us to show all of what we normally consider fine art and fine craft together because we think they're both incredibly important.
0: You are touching, Theresa, on a critical point that I'd like you to elaborate more. As we know, there is a certain segment of the high echelons of the art world that try to dissociate craft from the more um, sophisticated theoretical conceptual art. So what do you have to say about that and your mission here?
1: Um, There is, sometimes there's a hierarchy and sometimes we'll joke, even within what is quote unquote fine art, You know, I spent a lot of time in college with painters spending all of this time with Tim traveling across the United States and looking at what people were doing and talking with them. I realized that the creative process was the same, the intellectual rigor, the dedication to their craft, and it was just this realization that it really was it was such a similar way of working, there was no reason to segment those things.
0: I always go back at least 100 years ago when Bauhaus was such a powerhouse for decades about this beautiful marriage or actually in the first place these things were never disconnected. The craft and also the theoretical sort of umbrella approach.
1: That's interesting because just um, this past summer, Tim and I were in Germany, and we went to Dessau, and we had a whole, like, two days where we just absorbed all of the Bauhaus that we could. <laughs> yeah, that that is very similar to our philosophy here. For instance, ceramics is an area that we're quite well known for, and we represent artists from across the United States. They're doing functional work. They're doing sculptural work. I think it's an incredibly exciting area right now, and as a collector, I feel like the prices still haven't gotten crazy. So you could buy potentially a beautiful piece from an extremely well-known, highly skilled ceramicist, and actually sort of get in there and buy it and own it and live with it, and it's not gonna break the bank.
0: As we walk around, I can see really gorgeous, gorgeous pieces of ceramics here. Theresa, tell me how is having a gallery in Stodden, it's not Madison Central, right, and how, has the public and the potential clients have been reacting or coming here?
1: Before we were in Stoughton, we were located in Paoli, Wisconsin, just southwest of Madison. At that time, it was called the Wisconsin Artisan Gallery, and it was different. The work that she was showing was mostly focused on local work and mostly fine craft. So there was an established audience of people who were coming. So right away, I realized that people who were really actively interested in the arts would travel. So I guess I was confident that moving here and being in Stoughton would be fine because it was already working for us and I knew that people would be willing to drive and we give you an experience to come here because it's in this beautiful building. There's so much that you can see when you're here and it makes it easier for people to come here from Milwaukee and the Chicago area and they do.
0: That's wonderful to hear. And um, I can assure you to all of you at home or driving your car that it's really a beautiful space and it's really worth coming. And if you're thinking about Christmas gifts, I think you have quite an option here. So Teresa, can we walk up a little bit? Upstairs, you said that you have the project space called Gallery 5, right? So we are walking towards that. Yes,
1: and in our original space in Paoli, that was an old creamery and there was a walk-in cooler that before we had bought the gallery was just a storage space. And my husband decided to clear it out and use it for his MFA show. And other artists were so impressed by the space that people kept asking to have shows in there. And so it dawned on us that we could use this for those kinds of installations. When we moved, we loved that part of our programming. It's kind of like giving back to artists and giving back to the community. So we built this space and it's called Gallery number no. 5 because this building was the number no. 5 tobacco warehouse in
0: Stoughton. Currently Able Contemporaries having Richard Jones with an exhibition called Storm Windows and I'm right now walking inside and around this beautiful piece. So I think that for the gallery it's important to have not only more commercial work but also work that we could be deeming as more experimental too.
1: Yes, and what I like about it is that people may come here for for either reason. Like some people may come here and they think, I just love the shows in your project space. I've heard that from people. It's almost like a little museum space or an art center within the gallery. But then they're also exposed to a lot of other things. Maybe they've never really thought of functional ceramics as fine art. So you can expand your horizons, and the opposite is true as well.
0: So basically you are actively making the bridge between these potential audiences and publics, and that's quite interesting.
1: Yeah, we might be tricking you into seeing things that you wouldn't normally look at, yeah.
0: So now it's time, I'm going downstairs right now with you, Theresa, to talk about a very special thing. So you just opened your two-person show with your close friend and collaborator, Kelly Hopman and I was quite impressed with the aesthetical power, the beauty, the intriguing nature of um, your paintings and the direct collaborations that you have done with Kelly. Can you talk to us about it as we walk around?
1: Yes, I've always been a painter and, that, and my work isn't always the feature of the gallery. This is very unusual. I really try to put my other artists first, but uh, I have been working on a body of work for about five years. Well, there's one very large piece that is a commission that's a focus of the show that I've been working on and off for five years. Uh, Kelly Hopman is a Madison artist who does beautiful figurative work that's almost a little surreal or some might refer to as magical realism. And she and I have known each other for over 30 years and we've collaborated before and it's always just really wonderful to work with her we've had an ongoing dialogue about our work all of those years and every now and then we share paintings and create works together that we really don't talk about we just make them
0: so the name of your exhibition together is stones and stoics and i'm for example right now in front of a piece that you both did collaboratively and so what i realize looking at your own individual paintings is that although different you guys share almost a similar aesthetic grammar and when you come together to realize a piece i mean it just feels that you are one entity
1: yeah and other people have noted that Part of it is because we've been such very, very close friends all these years, we kind of grew up painting together. When we first met, we were interested in the same kinds of work historically, coming from different perspectives. I was raised in a strict Catholic upbringing, so early Renaissance work that I'm interested in may have had a different meaning to me. Kelly was raised by atheists, so so everything she knows about religion comes from art history. We talked a lot about our philosophies of painting and art, and I think because we evolved together, it makes it so much easier for us to work and why there's a similarity in the way perhaps we apply paint.
0: I'm very close to a panel of five pieces together called The Stone Path. Theresa, can you elaborate for us, how do you approach your art, both on a formal stylistic way, but also conceptually, as your paintings um, are so evocative of this medieval Renaissance uh, look and spirit?
1: I have to say initially as an art student, I was not at all interested in this work from this period. But when I did a study abroad semester in Florence, the work that really resonated with me was medieval, late medieval work and early Renaissance work and mannerism, and I learned how to do gilding there and a lot of grinding of pigments and technical things. I don't grind my own pigments now or anything like that, but I have incorporated gilding and I do a lot of silver point drawing, which is drawing with silver wire. And I I reference those styles to tell stories that I'm interested in about my life and about the effect that I think religion has on our society. And I've been doing that for decades. This particular piece is very specifically a narrative that runs through all five panels that is about a girl who was raised in a strict Catholic upbringing, who leaves the church, becomes an artist, realizes that there are things about art that are like religion. The artists that we consider sort of the top of their field are designing museums and putting the work in there and we treat the work like they're sacred. We kind of whisper in the museum. We have guards that are there and loads of people to restore the work and make sure that they're kept safe and no one touches them. And there's a reverence to that. And when it dawned on me, I thought, oh, I've just traded one religion for another.
0: (laughs) I find also so insightful and so refreshing to see a contemporary artists like yourself to also make that bridge. Not only you make a bridge between uh, high art and craft here at your gallery, but you also make in your own personal trajectory as an artist, you are also making the bridge between art history and contemporary practice. So I think on that you are very um, successful, I would say. Theresa. thank you so much for welcoming us here and I wish you the best.
1: Thank you, Jose. And the, the shows that are in the gallery right now of uh, the show that I have with Kelly. There's a, a cup show of great ceramicists from across the United States and the Richard Jones show, which I love. Those shows are up through December 31st. So we hope people can join us.